0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. People can come with all of their need and be welcomed and be transformed. In this house we lift you, Lord Jesus. This morning we lift up you, King of all glory. Everything was made by you. Came a living soul for your glory be exalted here with us we pray Lord Jesus amen amen hallelujah glory to his name let's take our seats since the presence of God was so beautiful straight up I was in the Philippines a couple of months ago and uh, sometimes it's a bit uh bit of a thing getting to the place where you have to go in buses and ferries and jeepneys. And I got to this big gathering of pastors and I had a few hold ups along the way and I literally ran into the back of the church and changed my travelling clothes and went in and started to preach amongst these pastors and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, people, people were getting healed as they sat listening to the word of God was a lady who came up after this. I knew there was a commotion happening and the wife of a pastor. And for six years, her hands had been completely frozen with arthritis, like tangled up little mess. She came running up with her husband at the end of the service and said, Pastor Steve, as soon as I started to hear the word of God, my fingers started tingling. And she said, look at them now. And she's perfectly straight complete, all the knobs and the twists and the turns. And the greatest thing was, I, I didn't even have a clue that was happening, it wasn't about me, it was about God was there at work, God was at work. Coming to Macquarie is always a great privilege and when Roz called me to come and uh, take some, another person's place, I thought uh, they're pretty big shoes to, to fill but nonetheless I just felt so excited to be here. I just want to give all the glory to Jesus today and um, speak to you about Jesus and his church. I'm, I'm so grateful to Macquarie and I know the, the uh, transition time of this year. Transition is, as Ross said today, transition is absolutely fantastic because if it speaks into the thing of we're going somewhere and we know where God is taking us, then that's great, you know, that that is fantastic. Don't think of transition as something that weakens, but in God's heart, it always strengthens. He says, we go from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And, And in fact, that glory is to be transformed into His image. And that's what He's got in His heart for us, for sure. And I felt that very strongly. In preparing the message, but it's also always a joy to come back and just give thanks to the Lord for Macquarie and the help and support and partnership for for me and Helen and for our work. Some of the things you've sown into uh, reminded me that, that this church is a tremendous waymaking church for the kingdom of God. Um, the things that have been sown into in the last couple of years um, uh, just uh, have been tremendous. It's it's larger what you're doing than what you can see here or in the next service or in tonight's service. It's way larger than that. You know, this, this which we sow into. Um, we we've, we've just experiencing tremendous things in, in every place. We were in a really hard place in Vanuatu a number of years ago and, uh, oh, you know, land was taken off us and whole th- places that we had developed and tribal, tribal things came in and we lost things and I was down before God, broken hearted and, and I said Lord, I, I knew he wanted me to push through and I said Lord I'll always push through as long as there's always a harvest somewhere, <laughs> as long as I've always got a harvest somewhere and uh, he's honoured that tremendously and we've got some harvests at the moment that are like nothing I've ever seen before. Um, last year, Uh, Mark had in his heart to support into the work, not last year, it was in actually 2020 into the the work in Kiribati, a very small nation right on the equator three and a half hours flight north of Fiji and uh, God spoke to us to go there and get something started and um, put into the heart of Mark which he took to the church and and sowed into what God's going to do in Kiribati. There's never been an evangelistic event in kiribati there's never been anything drawing the little churches all together and went there and something happened in the spirit and uh, this year in may we're going back for that for that crusade for five nights right in the main place of kiribati and uh already god's at work already miracles are starting to happen and so we give him praise for that but when you're so into ministries and uh i know that next sunday's vision sunday and you share about Um, where you're going even missionally as a church. I just want to assure you that 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 makes a way for the kingdom of God to come and it's a tremendous privilege. The loving relationship of Jesus to his church. I get really tired of people bagging out church, I really do. i got friends and family members and they just drag up stuff and they bag out the church even in front of their kids. And wonder why their kids don't go. Wonder, wonder, I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science, is it? And they do. And they fall, fall away. I'll, I'll be a, ch- a Christian but not a churchian. You know, It's like they're saying to God, I love you but I, I can't stand your wife. Yeah. <laughs> because the church and Jesus are married together. Absolutely. As Eve came out of Adam, the church came out of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We might have some warts and some bumps and some hard times and some fleshly rubbish. We're his precious bride, his church. And the relationship of Christ to his church calling us to simple and pure devotion to Jesus as a body of people. This is something I really want to speak to in these few moments that we have. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through verse 32. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her, his church, by the washing of the water of his word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands, should love their own wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. And no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. this is a great mystery but I'm speaking concerning Christ and the church. I go to a lot of different churches and some of them are incredibly attractive and some of them not so much in terms of what you sense in in the relationship of the people I don't look I don't care about the buildings and the structures that are there to to be there for the glory of God and for the people of God. The great mystery of this passage. Now, what, no matter what you think about the church, Jesus loves his church and gave himself for her. And this example of a husband and his wife, Paul said actually in the last part of what I read there that actually I'm talking to you about a great mystery of Jesus. And his church and I'd like to unlock a little bit of that. What is this mystery of Christ, this marriage of Christ to his church, to the body of his, his ecclesia, his called out ones in heaven and on earth? He sees them all in the same place, he sees them all in the same one word, one living organism church ecclesia his people called out to him for him don't you just love it when we, we did the uh, the gospel tent up at Maitland and uh, one week before the gospel tent a young lady who was going to be one of the main singers at the gospel tent had got engaged and so of course because she got engaged she couldn't come and sing because she had so much to arrange for her wedding in 18 months time and her whole being was just caught in this incredible thing. And it is, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I know as a dad who's, who's given away my daughter in marriage, how beautiful it was for me personally to, to present to her husband a beautiful daughter. A daughter who'd been trained in the Lord, godly and beautiful. And the joy that's all around that union and uh, I mean I was a little bit cynical when I thought you can't come and sing because you've got engaged to get married 18 months away from now but you've got to start doing all the arrangements. We're here in a big, we're engaged in a sense in that great moment that we're longing for called the marriage supper of the Lamb you know. We've got an expectation in our heart, which is just like this lovely young lady, of this, this union, of this love, of this expression that finds itself ultimately where we are the bride of Christ, loved by him and loving him. What is this mystery? Paul speaks about it a little bit here in Second Corinthians. And you saw that this word present is going to come up three times. It comes up three times in the New Testament. It's a beautiful word and we we'll, might have a time to talk about that. Second Corinthians. I should put scriptures into my phone, except I'm, I'm so dumb with phones. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 11. Oh... That you would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed you do bear with me for I'm jealous for you. With godly jealousy for I've betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Oh, I know how that feels when you plant a new church, when you see new people coming to Christ. And I see the heart of Paul. Sometimes people think he's a bit harsh or a bit legalistic. He's like a dad who cares about his children. And this beautiful picture to present you as a beautiful virgin to Christ, which can only happen through Christ. And then he says, but I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve, for those newly saved believers... In Corinth. I've been in Corinth and stood in the places where the Apostle Paul preached and I've seen where the, the wickedness of their times and he's talking about into a very, very immoral and corrupt society. and He's saying God wants to draw out of that world a spotless bride for himself and the joy of Paul's heart to, to see the church emerging into that person. For Christ. And then he speaks into this sad picture of a perfect bride being corrupted by the subtlety of Satan from the simplicity that is in Christ. That word simplicity, haplotetos in Greek, is simple, sincere, pure devotion. Doesn't sound so simple, but in fact, it's like that picture of that bride devotion to Christ in simplicity. The beautiful church can be corrupted by the schemes of the devil. There's no doubt about that. And we're not blind to that. One of my key jobs in providing apostolic leadership to the churches and the networks that we've planted is to see ahead a little bit and to speak into it and cut off the plans of the devil before they take root in the church. To speak into that with the excitement and enthusiasm can be so easily distracted by other goals and other voices And take away that precious, simple devotion to Christ in all of its beauty from the simplicity, simple, sincere, pure devotion. And here I want to just touch the key to how this all happens. In Romans chapter 5, we see it. This is the good news about the subtlety of the devil and the plan of God. In Romans chapter 5 it's been speaking about who death, where death came through Adam but life came through Christ. Now have you ever thought about this? Let's just read this for a moment from uh, verse 17 through 21. For if by one man's offence, one man's offence, Death reigned through that one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, much more. They shall reign in life through Christ Jesus. Therefore, as though through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, Jesus. The free gift came to all men, resulting in justification, to life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience we will be made righteous. This is how I see it with Christ and the church. When Eve was the one who took the fruit in disobedience... And in that disobedience, sin entered into the world for the first time. You never again hear about the sin of Eve. It's all the sin of Adam. And the sin of the wife was all laid upon the husband. This is the beautiful mystery of Christ and his church right here. Our sinfulness has all been laid on Christ. That through the disobedience of one, sin came on all. So too the obedience of Christ for all the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. That's what we stand in now. Was all laid on him. He is the first part of the mystery of marriage and Christ and his church. The ultimate picture in the book of Revelation that we waiting that precious moment, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And so it is from the beginning how the serpent, the enemy, Satan, the devil comes to deceive and defile, take us from that simple, loving, sincere, pure devotion and turn us into sinners. Can there be sin in the church? Of course, and there is. Not that it should be. Thankfully, it's all laid on Christ. That's why he can present to himself a precious and spotless and pure bride, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. You think, how can that ever be possible? You know, we ask funny questions sometimes. I remember one of my favourite old hymns, but it just had one bit in it. It said, why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But in fact, we can. That was the whole purpose that we would gain from his reward. His power to overcome the sinfulness of us it was all done for our gain. Why should we? Because that was his plan. That's our groom. That's our Jesus. That we would gain all through him and he could see us spotless. It said the first Adam carried the offense. Many became sinners and judgment fell on all. But the second Adam, Jesus, removed the offense and the guilt and many became righteousness and received the free gift for all. Wow. First Corinthians speaks into this improper union of people. And in chapter 6 and verse 17, it speaks of the beauty of in Christ where it says, if anyone is joined to the Lord... They are one spirit with him. The church is joined to Christ. And we are one spirit with him. We can't say, I love you Lord, but I can't stand your wife. We can't say that. We can't live that. We can't think that. Because the moment you touch his people, you're touching the heart of Christ. The moment you bag out the church, you're touching the heart of Christ. It'll be just like if you speak to a man against his, against his wife. You know. Oh, how beautiful is this church. Because he's training us into the fullness of the glory of his love for us. Ephesians speaks about it, filled with all of the fullness of God, that we may comprehend with all the saints what is the height and depth and breadth of that love. And God organized it that we be formed into this by fellowship together, by rubbing each other up the wrong way sometimes, by being imperfect showing forgiveness the love of Christ I'm going to skip right to my last thought on this because I just wanted to pick out the beautiful picture of him and his church bone of his bone flesh of his flesh man you're called into this my least favourite things in life when I saw a movie called Bucket List I thought here comes an excuse for every person that's going to start using that term here comes an excuse what do I mean I hear it everywhere now if a 20 year old son hears his dad talking about his bucket list Christian family, oh, my bucket list, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go there, I'm going to take that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and it doesn't include Christ. That's what I'm scared of. The head of my bucket list, I promise you, the number one goal of my bucket list is the marriage supper of the Lamb of Christ. That when I'll see Him face to face, and when I see His face, wish that I'd given it all away. More and more of it. More and more of it. On my bucket list is to lead people to Christ. Is that on yours? Did your son hear you say, well on my bucket list I'm going to believe that I can personally lead someone to Christ. On my bucket list is to live such a life That I would be the display of Christ and his grace and his love of his gospel. My bucket list is to be attractive as a bride both to Christ and to the world. This is where I'd like to finish. I, I really love it. I normally say something about when the music starts but I love it. I feel like when the, this beautiful sound comes, I play it at home. I get those worship and soaking things and put them on in my office. Sometimes an hour's gone and I don't even know where it went. Of all of the lovely things I could say about a bride and her beauty and her spotlessness, this is like a. This probably should have been at a women's aglow. This message. It's a little bit actually, not a blokey thing, is it really? But the thing that hit me that I wanted to share, that I want to get to, and I make too many jokes and waste too much time, but is the fragrance of the bride. Is the fragrance of Christ. The Bible says here in I've skipped a few things. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Thanks be to God who always leads us into in triumph in Christ, who through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. We're carrying something so glorious. The picture of it is all through the scripture, how fragrance always was the equivalent on earth of the atmosphere of heaven. God planned it that way. The temple that He filled with His glory, what was it filled with? The aroma of the anointing oil. Wherever the priests would go, before you could even see them, you could smell them coming. Some people are like that in their human sense. But what about it? What about in the spiritual? What about all the offerings, all of the sacrifices? about through the stories in the New Testament what about the two times when those sinful women came and broke oil over his feet and the fragrance of it filled the house what about the sweet offering of Jesus for us for our sins where it tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 2 it speaks about how he loved us and gave himself for us a sweet fragrance before God, the offering of His life for ours. We are His body called into this world to be the fragrance of Christ in every place. For even as it says here, for we are to God the sweet fragrance of Christ. among those who are being saved and those who are without and through us he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place what kind of things are being diffused out of us here Paul's painting a beautiful word picture but it's absolute truth joy of jesus and through us the sweet fragrance of his presence before everybody I've I've got a few things I want to do I, I've had Helen and I twice we've been given little cruises on cruise ships I'll tell you what they're fantastic and I'd like to have another one sometime. I'd like to go up, to, up through Canada and go up to Alaska, see those beautiful uh, fjords and things. But even if I never make that, I can promise you 100 percent, they don't take top priority. I've got no problem if you want to have a caravan and you want to go around Australia. Great, do it. I see all the people in the church. I see your Instagram. Secretly watching. I think good on him. That's great. But I know that you're like you. Maybe have some part of you that's like me. High above it all, I'm His, and He loved me and gave Himself for me as a sweet offering and fragrance before God. I commit myself to be that same person. Christ and his church. Christ and his church. Thank you, Lord. May even be somebody here today and you think, "My, my life just isn't anywhere near that. Nowhere near that. Find him. Seek him. Come into Christ church is a beautiful thing the body of Christ the preciousness of this mystery that we're only pure and we're only able to be right through Christ so don't leave his household when you know in your heart that it's only through him that any of us don't stand outside and in jump in, be filled with the expectation of what God's got for his church for you as part as a member fit and joined into this precious body of Christ have I in any way Lord lost simplicity that's in Christ this simple sincere pure devotion to you (sighs) have I lost any of that Lord is there any subtle thing that comes in and takes away such a precious gift our eyes and just soak and ask where am I Lord Jesus where am I within this glorious mystery I love you Jesus your word used the word cherish Taking all others, I keep myself holy and completely for you to love and to cherish from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer. Let's just have some worship. Sin was his wife's sin. Placed. To-